but all of Incorporated is collected in just like a single paperback. Oh, really? Yeah, this issue's not in it, but um, and we have it, right? Yeah, I ordered a handful of them, so yeah, it's it's got that ugly cover on it. Just a second, let me pull it up here, or maybe maybe people like it. I, I just heard Roman in my mind say, "I like that cover," but it's got this cover on it. So yeah. Oh, I like that cover. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff is Colonel Weird, bopping through time. Bopping through time. Welcome, friends. Welcome you to Batman in Quarantine, episode 54. Back the after return. A, the return. <laughs> Batman in Quarantine, the return, in which we are reading Batman, the return. It <laughs> was nice to have a week or two off. Thanks for everyone being so awesome and patient with that. And in that two-week period, we saw Andrew Carlson give a beautiful birth. We saw Andrew Carlson sort of spread his fingers across his keyboard and birth a Facebook group that is incredibly humbling. Oh, my God. I've only been on there once because Facebook is not a thing I'm off and on. But it is beautiful, and everyone that is on there is amazing, especially Roman, who the face of the comics place and Batman in quarantine when Jeff is just, you know two people out to be anywhere <laughs> it is pretty amazing the the people have joined up and in, in, in and it's international batman and quarantine international oh um, god <laughs> man that's what we should be calling season three of this show bicky bicky b-i-q-i um if that sounds like it was new information to you go on facebook and look up batman in quarantine it should be easy to find. Andrew will let you in the group. Sorry, Roman, I interrupted you when I said that, so I was trying to give you room. No, 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 that's okay. I forgot what I was, I was saying. It, it's just a really cool thing. You should see. You got to get in there again and see some of the just complex, amazing things these guys are posting. It's yeah, I'll just... be back in there for sure, for sure. It it is um it is super cool that there are as many people in there sharing amazing things as they are um like those original like that morrison story that was uh posted in there like there's more than one of them um yeah yeah one of the guys has did a a reread and and a, and a like notation of everything every time morrison has ever written batman in anything even if it was like just three panels <laughs> in chronological is that and the chris just, murphy one because he also yeah. emailed me that yeah 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 he emailed you it because he knew you were on the facebook yeah i actually carved a, a facebook invite sigil into the grant morrison spot on my body so maybe he'll <laughs> ethereally show up someday that's awesome because I know that you've been holding off the Grant Morrison spot until you found the perfect, the perfect one. I've been saving a spot for him. Okay, yes. yeah. So th that plug first, the Batman in Quarantine Facebook group. Everyone check it out. And then, yeah, I want to be better at being on there just because I was so impressed when I went on last week to check it out. So we'll see you all on there. I also want to plug Connor Donahue's 
Spotify playlist that he made called Our Sentences Up. I'll put a, that one's a link to the most recent episode of our podcast as well, but it'll just be uh, in addition to the Facebook group, that link will be in our episode descriptions from now on. But it's a six hour, or it's a, uh, sorry, it's an 11 hour uh, playlist of all songs that Morrison has either referenced in interviews or in his comic book works. And it is awesome <laughs> to listen to. So everyone should check that down. It is a really cool thing that exists. And, uh, proud of those people to be doing it and then finally does it, you can does it have the the whistle to get into the box um yes um it's actually banana banana is is the, <laughs> just like grumpily saying like a muppet or whatever that is uh, and then finally uh, you can still send us emails at batman in quarantine at gmail.com don't stop doing that i'm glad that we have the facebook group to get those thoughts out there maybe what i'll do if we're if we see fewer emails which i don't want to see fewer of because i love getting those but maybe we'll just uh highlight cool parts of the facebook group um going forward on the podcast here for anyone who's maybe not on the Facebook group or something. Hot. Hot lava. But listen, we got all that out of the way. Now, it's 54, and we've got two boys. 54, isn't that how old you are, Django? I am 54. we got Roman, the perennially 36-year-old. <laughs> mm-hmm. 36 is the best age. I keep aging, and he stays the same. I know, I love something. it. I keep aging, and he still <laughs> looks like a fox. <laughs> um i hope we you know are all doing this correctly you know like it's been a week and a half since we've recorded one of these i am recording good that's good um there's three of us here that's good i have a comic in front of me okay yeah let's do it batman the return grant morrison and david finch uh an interesting artist to get on here kind of cool i really used to like david finch um a bit more than i do now when you're like getting into comics you're like man that dude's art looks awesome and then you're like wait it was the colors yeah or it was like the you know it's there's like a there's like a jim lee thing going for it but but anyway this is uh this issue particularly it came out a week after uh return of bruce wayne six had come out i'm really excited to be reading these right now because we're like two weeks away from the actual just 10 year anniversary of when these issues came out wow i was reading a write-up of this issue and it was posted november 10th 2010 and it usually took a couple days for that guy to put one out so I think that's awesome. But this this issue functioned as like the hub of which a bunch of other Batman issues were going to be coming out of. A- after the Morrison stuff that had been leading up to it, Batman The Return came out this issue, and then we would have seen Scott Snyder's Detective Comics start. We would have seen David Finch's The Dark Knight start, which was very unpopular and got canceled pretty early on. And yeah, it was we, like six issues or something. Yeah. And then uh, Tony Daniels was taking over writing and art on just the regular Batman book. That was a bummer. And then Batman and Robin continued, but Morrison left. And so other people started jumping on it. And that was when Jeff was like, wait, what? What? Like, what happened to my story? Do I have to just keep reading this now? Um, And then Batman Incorporated started. So there was at least five Bat series that spun out of this and started around the same time. And didn't the Dark Knight, I don't think it got canceled. I think it just didn't get picked up again when the new 52 happened, right? I think you're right. Yeah. I can picture some covers to it, like, later on. It mostly just functioned as a book for um, Ryan, or sorry, uh, yeah, David Finch to do art on. But then he was writing it, and I think it slowed down. And Anyway, yeah, I thought this issue was cool. The the broad stories of what happens here is we've got Bruce back in the cowl. We got a kind of strange multiple 
camera look, alternate angle look on the bat that flew in that caused the inspiration for Bruce to become Batman. And we get taken to a cool battle scene of Batman globe trotting. We're taken back to the bat cave where we get the whole extended bat family. Um, I think that they have the reinforced floor here as Django has introduced as the bat family gets larger and larger. And for all of them to get together <laughs> at this point, they actually need to make sure they're not caving in roofs anywhere. And the cool part about that double page press, we get David Finch's, you know, I, again, I've talked about it, but I love everybody gets a bat cave glory shot. You know, I think this one's pretty good. We get the meeting with everybody, uh, Lucius Fox talking to them. We've got bat robots being made. We make some, you know, kind of kind of clowny looking Batman and Robin robots to fly off to the Middle East to follow up on this thing from earlier. Uh, we got a great conversation between Dick Bats and Damien Bats and Bats Bats, uh, illustrating Bruce's idea of where they're going forward. And then um, some Leviathan stuff at the end. We meet a spooky thing called Leviathan. Lots going on here. I do remember reading Batman Incorporated originally and like really, I guess I wasn't incredibly excited about it before it came out based on grant morrison's descriptions of it like i loved morrison and everything that had come up until this point but he had said that it was like particularly inspired by like the adam west batman which is kind of a show i've still never really watched mm -hmm. and like james bond-esque globe-trotting batman and james bond's not a character i vibe with a ton and it was going to have rotating artists, which is cool. That's been a theme of it, but I, you know, I wasn't incredibly in love with Yannick Paquette's stuff at this point. So I was excited, but a little bit trepidatious. And I'm curious, does anyone remember their thoughts about it or after reading this one shot? Like, what were your thinkings going ahead? I was super intrigued by the idea of Batman making a bunch of other Batmans around the world. And I guess I didn't, I didn't, know that it was supposed to be like a James Bond, Adam West, which sounds like the dumbest collaboration ever. <laughs> um, but I, I like the idea of him setting up little uh, bat families in other places. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was sold on, the con on that part of the concept anyway. Yeah, it was kind of the same thing. That concept sounded cool, um, except I thought it meant that there would be a bigger an even bigger role than there was in black glove i thought it would be an even bigger role for the club of heroes and maybe expanding them too mm -hmm. um i didn't realize it was going to be so batman family focused and i think like an important part like again i think probably most people listening to this or reading comics or you've been reading them for a long time you know you do you become aware of editorial mandates or continuities being shifted around to make events work timeline like publishing deadlines and so there was like six or seven issues of this series before the new 52 then started like batman mm -hmm. incorporated started before the new 52 <clears throat> had been announced i think there's eight issues actually those eight so in this issue we're introduced to leviathan i think I think that like we don't really hear about Leviathan again until the Leviathan Strikes one shot, which took place in this very large gap that had been created where they forced volume one of Incorporated to end. They launched the new 52 and then they waited a couple months for Grant Morrison's Batman to come back to sort of not increase confusion about continuity stuff they were like they were yeah. letting him continue the old continuity in the new universe right but they were yeah. saying that everything <clears throat> was a, you know it was a hard reboot and it was all starting back over 
So that was a little like, so I think that there's a weird bit of like pushing and pulling of what the story was going to be. And I think to reduce confusion, the Leviathan threads don't really get picked up super strong until the second volume of, of uh, Batman Incorporated. So all that to say, it uh, contributed to my kind of confusion about what Incorporated was for those first couple of issues. Like, is it just Globetrotting and meeting the Club of Heroes? Because then it does take a very different direction. And I don't remember, particularly the first like eight issues, but I do remember not loving them. Yeah, yeah. And I think I had the same thing because I don't remember much about it either. I remember, except for, even though it was still Morris, and I was like, oh, this isn't as cool as, as the previous two years worth or however long it was that we just read. And I think it's kind of those, that first two thirds or whatever, there's like a, there's a a mystery or a villain or a thing that you are working towards like a solution. Whereas that first sort of era of Batman incorporated, it's more like we're setting up an ethos and a tone and a worldview. And it's more like setting a stage and then watching people interact on the stage instead of having a strong narrative, like, you know, it's like a, you know, like a West Wing talking room show versus, <laughs> you know, a James or Kieran Gillen book or something. You know? anyway. I mean, that's, that's kind of, he, he's really good at setting a stage and usually you don't, you can't tell. You yeah, know, that's like, true. Like in the beginning of this whole Batman run, he's, he's setting things up, but he's doing it each each thing that he sets up is kind of couched in a different story and a different mystery and it it seems like maybe he had to had to kind of hurry the whole thing along with batman in quarantine and that could just be sort of a a sales thing where if you have a batman spin-off why would you ever think it would last more than 15 issues because a That's lot of true. times they get canceled it's just got to be the batman and the detective <laughs> comics run yeah yeah i do like I was a huge proponent of this issue starting a costume change where Batman's emblem has the big yellow logo on it. And I love, yeah, it's a glowing yellow emblem. You know, I love the different people, things people have done, you know, like I put the bat on my chest. So it gives people a target and they shoot for it. And that's where it's, you know, like that's cool. But other places it's like black. So it just sort of like hides. It's more shadowy. And this one, uh, I liked Cody Walker's read on it, which it makes a ton of sense you know grant morrison is like um he talks a lot about sigils and that's a big thing in the invisibles or within chaos magic and occultism sigils is a way of sort of taking an idea plucking into this reality and and making it whole he can in talking about sigils and sigil usage he talks about like the mcdonald's arches and these ways that like walt disney's signature right you see those Mm -hmm. and they have a lot of ideological weight behind them beyond just being a signature Doc Walk says using that yellow emblem is a way of like, we're doing Batman incorporated. We're spreading this idea. It's going to be in all countries. So putting that yellow iconic sigil again is going to instill this idea of Batman as an idea all over the world. Uh, See, you say sigil. Mm -hmm. I say branding. Yeah. Exact same thing. Yeah. Exact same thing. Just less mystical. Less mystical, but I mean, I think that, you know, like the QAnoners or all the conspiracy theorists out there would probably say that like Steve Jobs or Bill Gates, all these people were, you know, Satanists up there in their rooms who were like, <laughs> you know, like there's people in power. I don't know. They know more stuff than I do. They know how You're to saying make... I, I have the Apple sigil on the back of my car. I'm just going to call all logos sigils. From now on. But it's an interesting idea, right? Because it's a logo, but yeah. a logo is just a thing that's supposed to tie meaning 
between a person and a product. And that's what a sigil is as well. It's the, the construction of an idea that when people see it, it will reinforce the strength of that idea. So, you know, they are one and the same. I mean, that's why you get logos or sigils branded on. Yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of brands. You know, I've got my Grant Morrison spot that I still am keeping open, Django. Um, oh, by the way, I'm Jeff. That's Django. That's Roman. <laughs> Hi, how you doing? Great to see you. 54 episodes in, gosh. What did you guys think of the bat the bat metaphor part? We got the two younger bats that kill this bat that then becomes the bat that flies in to inspire Bruce. What did you... I think metaphor overtones is what we got there. What, you, what, what were the, the meanings you all pulled out of that? That might have been my favorite part of the book especially when it lands and it's all mortally wounded and bleeding all over the the bust of whoever that bust is of. This is no surprise, probably my least favorite part of the book. Uh, <laughs> it, like the 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 metaphor part I can I can take it or leave it, which you might might prompt you to say why are you on a Grant Morrison Batman podcast? <laughs> oh, you don't like a metaphor? <laughs> <laughs> but also like from from a uh, an even straighter kind of look i don't need the secret origin of the secret origin of yeah. <laughs> batman like it's fine it's 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 a it's a nice way to kind of set the stage um <clears throat> but it seemed it it felt to me like like i, I could have started it at the page after that so Django, you yes, know Jeff. you could take or leave that the presence of that and the metaphor of it but i ask you what do you think he was trying to say about the three bats like what do you like i i don't i don't have a here's the clear meaning of that so whether you like it or not i'm curious what what do you think the purpose of it is i think it was i think it was just to show the tenacity of that bat and to tie it to batman right like it's bigger it gets hurt and it still perseveres just like batman does over and over and over and there also, there's also something to the fact that there is like he, he in this one he says that was the night when something bigger faster smarter younger and hungrier came along so we have like to me there's also this idea of youth or intergenerational mm -hmm. conflict with which this younger thing is trying to take down an older thing which we have like batman saving farouk's son omar at the beginning but then omar at the end gets brainwashed by leviathan to kill him we've right. also got these dynamics of damien <clears throat> and bruce and like replacement there and then yeah you know the main thing there like the triumphant doesn't matter if it's younger smarter or whatever we've got og bat and they can't take down og bat you know but not that i you know i don't th those are just like several layers of meaning i pulled off there and i don't know exactly which one roman did you get any particular like metaphorical ideas for what you think he's trying to say there I just thought old bats are cool. Old bats um, are cool. I love an old no, bat. No, um, maybe. I mean, maybe I, this old bat is at the end of its lifespan and, and gets taken out by the younger ones, almost taken out. But yeah, perseverance and in a metaphorical way, not for this bat, but the idea of the bat gets reborn as Batman, as Bruce Wayne right there at the beginning with the, the little birth bell if you want to call it the bell for alfred and i think um, is he is he maybe saying this is not the hyper adapter that's what what that's i was curious about the, what people thought of that because i was like is so it is the hyper adapter too isn't it in a way which i think it, it still is but it's also not <laughs> i always kind of thought that the hyper adapter was the bat that he sees in the cave when he was a kid and yeah, this i like one that just reminds him of it 
Yeah, that that read makes a lot of sense because also the hyper adapter sent you know back in time when Dick fights him in the cave, like it has a presence in the cave maybe more often. That that's a smart idea. As Roman was talking, it also just occurred to like we've got Batman Incorporated starting. There's a great line in here. I'll get to it in a second, but it it harkens to this idea that like we are at a period of renewal here, um, ideological rebirth. Not not the idea of rebirth, but the idea that ideas at the end of their life, just because something is old and at the end of the life, doesn't mean that it's not like every ending is a new beginning. I suppose like right. even this old bat who's at the end of its you know wizened life then goes and starts the idea of batman so there's like a there's a versatility there's like a even at the end there's still a beginning but yeah yeah there's um i just happened to reread the part where the bat flies in the window and i think maybe morrison is trying to link it to maybe not say it's the hyper adapter per se but link it to the hyper adapter the narration is talking about how the bat flying into a new kind of cave that represents uh heaven of divine proportion and a sacred space hmm. and it you know being a bat it flies in that window of that great big study because it was, seems like a cave to it <laughs> and like sacred space kind of like the point of origin for it right the like the the sacred space the the place where the snake's head is eating the tail you know the end of the journey beginning of the journey at the same time yeah yeah and this particular sacred space being a library you know a place of knowledge and, and yeah. learning and, okay can we talk for a second just can we, can we can we can we us together right here? Can we talk? Can we talk for a second? Listen. Let's pretend. Just close your eyes and follow me for a moment. Okay. Pretend that you always ends up bad. You've been hurt and you're bleeding to death in your study, and you're feeling hopeless, and you're on the verge of ending it all, and then a giant bat shows up. <laughs> I would say, fuck it. I'm, I'm done. I'm dead. That's the <laughs> yeah. devil. Uh, nice knowing you, mom and dad. I'm on my way. Well, yeah. I would be like, God damn it. I'm trying to have one moment of catharsis. Can I please just sit here and feel bad and not have a flying rat break through my window and make me need to clean up right now while I'm trying to feel bad about myself? <laughs> that, would be a, that would be a natural. Except if it's us, we're all going to be like, wow, cool. This is my Batman moment. <laughs> right. I shall become a Man in a Batman bathrobe. I will become a janitor, I guess. I got to clean this mess up. Uh, but so that bat metaphor, there's that, you know, whether that's there or not or the truth of it, uh, I do, there was a great line here at the end. And it reminded me of a, a line that Jimmy TIV had written in Batman just this last week, in Batman 101. But uh, while at the, near the end of this issue, Dick is, Dick and Bruce are, and Damien are all talking in the cave, but Bruce says to Alfred, that I know uh, they're only at the start of, a, of an army against crime. It feels good to be back, old friend, at the beginning of something and not the end. I think like that is such a weighty statement that I love because I do feel like, and I've mentioned this, like since the 80s, Batman has had this dark tone and we've write, written these amazing and compelling stories from it. But I think, you know, Morrison has said that he was trying to move away from that tone. Like his whole... You know, like even the beginning when the, the, in the 52 issues when he gets purified or like the return of Bruce Wayne thing, like purifying to become like he's been trying to make him a hero again, you know, like a fun heroic character. And I, I think that there's so much momentum and inertia behind the dour Batman stories, but he's really been working to like, you know, like we're at the beginning of something and not at the end because like that, that dark Batman is great as it is. There is that feeling of like, 
an end to it, you know, like mm-hmm. the way the Jimmy TAV wrote it was like, you know, like I remember it back at the height of it, you know, and all of the tragedy definitely sets up a dichotomy where you're not at the height of things anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it a little more dour. I think it's interesting if, if his goal is to make it a more positive read to have uh, Omar kill his father, Farouk, in the end. Yeah, definitely. You know, he, he's got the not positive beats, but I think he wants Batman to be a character of fun. Right. Yeah. You know, at the very, just going back for a second, at the very end of that bat scene, re- retelling Bruce's year one moment, that last line, he, the, narr- the narration is, and so was born this weird figure of the dark. Isn't that straight from the first appearance of Batman? Is it? The, the weird figure of the dark phrase because i stared at that line of dialogue and i was like never mind weird figure of the dark that's a weird sentence to write right there Graham. like why like just the you the word weird didn't seem to make a ton of sense right there yeah which is why which is part of the reason i think it's from the very first appearance yeah and that would make way more sense for sure maybe even on the cover i don't know i love you know love morrison love it all I'm a man who just takes it all with a grain of salt i choose to view all of it in the best possible way um, between this and Final Crisis, like, doesn't he have, like, the undernet or the internet? And then in this, he's got internet 3.0. Yeah. And it's, he's just like, you know, Morrison tries to do, like, yeah, it's the internet 3.0. And you're like, that's not how the internet has gone. Or what is, <laughs> you know, he says, like, Wayne Tech's going to be launching the internet 3.0. And it's like, what, what do you think the internet is? And, like, <laughs> do you, is it all, mm, okay. Like, I, it, and it's just like, I think it's it's fun because it's like here's just a fun dumb idea and I don't need everything to make sense right like in the 60s or 70s right Batman story they'd be like you know it's a spaceship right I don't know we don't have them but maybe we have them right now (laughs) yeah Um, it's it's the moments like that and old friend using those that's kind of freely and things like that that's the Adam West elements the internet (laughs) 3.0 can you guys tell me does yours say weird figure of the dark yeah yeah i'm reading the issue and it says weird figure of the night oh well let me start oh mine says weird figure of the dark the original quote from the old detective comics is weird figure of the dark so they goofed in the original printing and edited it for the version you're reading that's such a gorgeous picture that you just showed us that panel of that probably first you know image of him but like damn that looks good (laughs) yeah it's a good one so it's yeah, Roman, please. Oh, oh, I was just gonna say it's uh, it's just funny that after the initial opening bat scene, and then the pages up until um, Damien and Bruce land in land in Yemen, all those middle pages, yeah, they were okay, but I didn't really care. <laughs> yeah, the like we're gonna be building robots and we've got these suits of armor and i've got plans for everybody to go to this thing and stephanie brown you're not really going to be in the new 52 so we're just going to send you to boarding school (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah for sure there's an amount of like moving pieces around to set up the status quo that they need for just dc and what incorporated is going to be there's a little bit of like, uh, you know, when he's saying like, there'll be dossiers for everybody. Where you're gonna, you're all gonna be going. We'll have, in, we'll have conversations independent. It's like a new boss came in and was like, hey, everybody, do you like the way your job works? Well, that's cool, but I've changed all of it around. Are you comfortable? I don't care if you're comfortable. Do you like your job? I don't care if you like your job. You're going to boarding school in Europe. You're gonna be alone. Batgirl, I don't care if you're in a wheelchair. Apparently, I'm gonna make it so you walk. 
Like, <laughs> do you like sitting in a computer? I don't care. This is what you're, there's a very, I was sort of like, I would be pretty bummed if dad came back and was just kind of a butthole. That is one other thing is I, I was looking in all of this. I would have loved a single like one shot <laughs> issue of just all of them going out to dinner. Like, <laughs> I'm back. I've been lost to time and maybe dead. Like, I would love a, sort of a just a whole issue of familial connection. They that, couldn't find a big belly burger with a reinforced floor <laughs> strong enough to take the whole family. <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice. I mean, especially, I mean, and just to hear some things like if he's supposed to be a friendly or Batman, it would be nice to hear him. It's like, hey, Tim, thanks for never giving up on the idea that I was still alive. <laughs> Dick, thanks for raising my son for a yeah. year or two in a way that is better than I can do even when I'm back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, Tim, I'm going to send your girlfriend to London. <laughs> yeah, take it. Um, I wonder if the, the when, when he said that he wanted to do a more James Bond Batman, if that was just a reference to gadgets. I... I don't even quote me on that. I just remember a lot of the interviews before it was coming out. I was reading everything I could. And in terms of tone, the word globetrotting was used a lot. Mm-hmm. A comparison to Adam West was used a lot. A comparison to James Bond was used. And I think that's more to the point of like, I go from country to country, international man of mystery type, right. like hooking up with girls, <laughs> you know, like not that he's like hooking up with girls, but I think like he even has like a dalliance with Catwoman at the beginning. And then there's like uh, some Batwoman stuff or Batgirl stuff rather. But I, I don't know exactly. I don't know if he was strictly like James Bond. They, the robot boys go to Yemen. We've got to talk about what happens in Yemen. The yeah. robot boys go to Yemen after following up on this information that they had gotten regarding Leviathan from that original uh, battle at the beginning with Farouk, who is the guy whose son Batman rescues. Batman and Robin fly in these dumb mech suits to Yemen and end up in this giant pot with what looks like a a big old whale and something has burst out of its rotted chest in this pool and there's a damaged woman there and we meet Tractor. (laughs) I love Tractor. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if Tractor's ever existed before, why he looks the way he does, and I want to let you guys know, we get no resolution for Tractor. It's just... Nope. There, that carcass was his cradle. They called him fatherless. And we don't ever see Tractor or Sid... Sid... Spider? Spidra again. They're just gone. But we are led to believe that there are people who are being genetically tested and, you know, tricked and modified in this same Leviathan place where this giant whale thing is. Damien disobeys Bruce's orders, goes off to try and find this thing, ends up seeing this kind of pouched-up, Middle East-looking bat robot armor thing and he says i don't know you don't know who i am but i know who you are and then he gets called and he flies away and damien's like fuck that guy that fight with tractor made me think of the dark knight returns with batman versus the the in, in the mud mutant, mutant boss in the mud and on, yeah. on the operating table yeah the, the, I, and and there's i don't think that there's a direct reference there at all it's just the kind of the setting the the gross mud and the the dump feel of it yeah did, yeah, I don't, do you remember later on in, in Incorporated, do we ever hear, because Tractier mentions the um, Super Collective, so some kind of Russian team of, of, I'm sure, government experiment superheroes. Do we ever get to see them? I don't remember. I hope so, because there's enough visual work done here that I would like to see it again. And he also keeps saying things like Vampire Man. What does that mean? Right. I guess bats, bat, bats he, or vampires. Because Batman looks like a... A big bat. Okay. 
but he also, yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, the heretic, fatherless, Spydra. There's enough here that uh, I'm curious. Like, I think that there is an understanding of things that Tractor has that we could use information that we need, you know, and I, I he's conveying bits of it here, but you know, I, I want to, I want to see Tractor some more. I want to find out what he knows. I know. I'm curious about that though. It also may just be, you know, kind of like Morrison did with, Oh, mentioning in <clears throat> during the mystery of the lost glove, you know, mentioning, 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 geez, some of those characters and things, people that he wrote backstories for that were never right actually used again but mm-hmm. <laughs> just because it's that's a way morrison has fun yeah for sure i do really like the character design of this mysterious you know traitor the heretic as it's referred to the jetpack there's so the the issue that i'm reading has some bits of uh script mm-hmm. in the end and this says that uh tractor is when when he says um they called him what is it here? Um, there, that carcass was his cradle. They called him fatherless. The direction there is tractor points fearful. So tractor is supposed oh. to be afraid of fatherless. Yeah. That I think doesn't that really come through to me here in the, in the issue. No. Yeah. You can see. He's, yeah. Now that you mentioned, I, I, if you look really close, you can see he's pointing, but yeah, you don't get any sense of being fearful. Yeah. I got the impression that like whatever burst out of that whale is the thing that is fatherless and it's the thing that has beat the shit out of him and possibly killed Spydra. Okay. And, but part of that is that I remember what bursts out of that whale's stomach. Memory. Um, Bastard. And it like comes back up later on. So nice. Um, and there is some good metaphor stuff going on there. And how gross that <clears throat> Damien falls into the dead, rotted whale stomach after he's, like, dropped off from the heretic as it flies off. Shades <laughs> of the boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't think this is a whale. I think it's some kind of horrible experiment by by Leviathan or something. That's funny, because I thought Tractier was the one that burst out of the carcass. <laughs> yeah. But apparently not. <laughs> I mean, I was. I, there's nothing to to indicate that. I just assumed from him talking and the fact that the carcass is behind him that that's where he came from. But mm. and whales, like Leviathan, is a, a term water for, beast. Like it, yeah, it's a it's a big water beast, and I think kind of originated with whales. Yeah, is, isn't that Leviathan? Is isn't that the whale in the Bible? Oh, you're right or, or a whale of the pile. i don't know if it's the same whale that ate noah but <laughs> i don't think it's the whale that ate noah pinoakio pinoakio there we go it's the whale that <laughs> ate <laughs> monstro <laughs> we get a scene of batman and damien and dick all back at the cave and damien does something that we've seen many times now where he peels <laughs> off the robin logo and throws it <laughs> But I do think it's cute. His main concern is like, you're just taking me on this trip because you want to, you're like seeing if I'm a good Robin or like if I should even keep this job or if I'm going to get to be Robin with you. And Bruce just comes out. He's like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that. I cannot. He's too reckless. I cannot work with this kid. And he's like, I'm standing right here. And, and Dick's like, come on, he's not that bad. And he's like, no, I'm not doing it. But you guys do it. I'm just going to, I'm going to go. But you guys be Batman and Robin here. And they're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, dope. Sweet. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I really like that. That's, that was cool. 
Yeah, that was a cute scene. And I, I do, again, I would like some scene, I, I guess, you know, we, we make these things about Bruce being just totally devoid of, devoid of emotional intelligence and sensitivity, but uh, you know, he's being a real hard ass right here. It would be nice to see him just be like, Damien, I like you. You are my son. I want to like you. Uh, but, but he's also like, he's, he, I think it's a communication problem more than anything. He clearly loves them all and, and yeah. likes, you know, he's trying to do the best thing. He's just not really explaining his, I relate to Batman so much. Right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, for sure, for sure. And, and I'm just like, I know communication is tough, but you, buddy, you got to give that Damien a hug. Fuck you, like, Jeff. Oh, yeah. Damien. <laughs> Can we can we talk for a second about why Please. Alfred is pulling the suitcase up the stairs with the wheels on the stairs? Like, have you never done like that? A very, it's a it's a it's an escalator, bud. No, okay, <laughs> I'll take I'll take the escalator. <laughs> Bruce is carrying all the suitcases, and Alfred Alfred is just pulling it by the handle. Thump, thump, yeah. Well, yeah, because because Bruce thump. is freaking Batman, all athletic and buff, and Alfred's an old man. <laughs> I, I mean, not saying I'm an old man. Bait. I'm not saying I'm an old man, but you know, I've, you I've established your thirty six. It's canon. Yeah, but I've pulled you know suitcases up stairwells like that. I have too. But um, but not everybody is Django who I've walked with through an airport who like has the, the fucking suitcases on rollers and his neck pillow on his neck and he's just power walking <laughs> with the deepest purpose I've ever seen anyone move. You don't want to miss your airplane, buddy. Just waddling through the airport. <laughs> um hey so bruce immediately like calls catwoman to say like selena i got back from the dead and thought of you i need to watch or catch steal a super weapon from a layer of a criminal mastermind you busy and I, I liked that who is he watching on the screen is he watching an episode of zorro or is that some other that's superheroes? mr unknown mr unknown i don't know he's, who that is <laughs> he's one of the incorporated guys <laughs> That was Roman. You are so fucking good. It blows my mind. Um, I think it's the first character from Batman Incorporated that we'll be hanging out with. Oh, okay. So. I only knew who it was because he's. They, they have sketches of him in the back matter of my. Oh. Issue. Okay. okay. Boy, there is. I I don't remember so much of this. Yeah, for sure. Um, is this the only time? I wonder if this is the only time we get to see. Uh, Catwoman and Morrison's run because I know I've read about people complaining how come Catwoman wasn't in the run well here she is <laughs> yeah we get two issues of her after this and you know it's funny that computer screen that shot of Mr. Unknown is the image of his face on the cover of Batman Incorporated number two so oh, they nice. had you can tell it's Yannick Paquette's art and you can tell that they were just like oh I don't know we have the promo art for issue number two throw it in the computer screen there <laughs> cool but, yeah, pretty cool. And then uh, ultimately at the end, Damien had planted this auditory listening device. We hear the heretic listening to Farouk, who is talking to what looks like the leader of Leviathan, who's got like a, almost looks like black mask or something, like a scabby face, old spawn. face. It's spawn. Spawn. Clearly spawn. And we hear, you know, the Leviathan has brainwashed this kid to kill his father, who's now saying, like, hail Leviathan. We're going to spread our hatred and, you know, our trendles spreading unchecked, uncontrolled, unseen. And then Dick's, or sorry, Bruce says, game on. So he's like, you know, we've established, all right, Leviathan is our threat, whatever Leviathan is. We don't know the name of the bat-looking character that works for Leviathan, do we? I think that that is the heretic oh, and yeah. i think that's what i thought and i think that fatherless 
is the other thing. Okay, got it. But we haven't seen that thing yet. But I do think that there's also maybe an amount of mystery. You know, maybe the heretic and fatherless are the same thing, and maybe that's the thing that burst out of the whale belly. Not nearly enough whale guts on him at that point. Yeah, you're right. Maybe he took a big old shower, though. <laughs> maybe that's the room that Damien finds him in with all those tubes and stuff. It's the shower room. It's yeah. where I get my whale blubber and guts off. I've got whale placenta all over me again. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's just the Yemen why. Ew. Yemen sounds too much like whale innards. <laughs> oh, covered in Yemen. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, weird to have like a David Finch one shot. I'm excited to see uh, Yannick Paquette on here. But yeah, I'm just, uh, this is the part that I'm the least familiar with, I think, outside of like the very, very beginning of it. But this is the thing that I've, like, these first issues I've incorporated are, you know, I've only read once. I read like the Chris Burnham second half more than once when it was originally coming out. But like these eight issues, I was sort of like, oh man, do I not like this run as much as like, is this part of it as much as it was, or did it stop being good? And then like, kind of like halfway through that first volume, it really does pick up again. But I just have a sort of blind spot in my memory for it. I remember getting to near the end of the second Batman incorporated, not in quarantine. Right. And, uh, realizing that there was a much larger thing that I hadn't been paying close enough attention to. Classic Morrison. <clears throat> classic classic. Django. Classic Django and Morrison. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jeff, I've had the same experience as you with uh with Finch's Finch's art. I liked him a lot more when he in the early days of his being on the DC scene and now looking back that's like, yeah, yeah, he's okay, but there's a bunch of other artists I, that have been on Morrison's bat story so far that I want to see their stuff again. Yeah. It's like, you know, there's this school of artists that I think descended from the, the nineties greats, like the Jim Lee's, Wilsh Portacio's, Rob Liefeld's, Todd McFarland's. And I think David Finch is very confidently in there. And I always remember like reading Batman hush and being like, this art is incredible. Jim Lee. And then reading a review of it and somebody being like, yeah, it's Jim Lee art. So it's like, you know, a bunch of like skin tight painted on suits and clenched jaws and everyone's got furrowed brows and looks angry. And I was like, Oh man, they are kind of right. And Dave, I feel the same way about David Finch. Like everyone's jaw is clenched, you know, it's like a tight <laughs> angular, big jaw and everyone kind of looks pissed at each other except for like Barbara Gordon, who has the face of like an eight year old, like his women <laughs> have like, little oh, yeah. child faces <laughs> um i think it's like very shadowy and atmospheric and cool in the way that i think jim lee's art is cool and i don't think it's bad but it, it's like it has limitations that um don't allow it to excel in some of the places that are very important to me i guess particularly like innovation you know it's like it's like very good of a type of art but it's almost like house style art for dc for a long time or something i'm looking at the computer screens behind batman on the last page mm -hmm. it was maps right it's, been, it's internet 3.0 oh, yeah it's, it's all it's all internet 3.0 maps okay one one of them looked like it might be a panel from a an issue that i remember later but never mind Django, we need to make sure that you are on for i believe the final issue before of of the the run before leviathan strikes but it is another all digital art oh yeah i remember that one and yeah 
I think that I maybe didn't even read it originally because, again, like the Clown at Midnight one, I think that I thought the art was just so disgusting. I didn't want to read it. And that's probably where I was at, like kind of the low point with this run. But I'm excited to read it and get your thoughts on that since you were there for the last digital one. We'll need you here for this one. Is volume one mostly um, different artists on each issue? Yeah, the first two issues are Yannick Paquette, then Chris Burnham comes on, which is awesome. That's when he starts to be a little bit regular. Uh, Then we get some more Yannick, um, some more Chris Burnham, Hmm. and then we get the digital. So it's mostly Yannick and Burnham, and then the digital issue, and then it's just Chris Burnham, you know, for the rest of the run. Wow. Okay, so when that was coming out, I had the feeling that they were changing artists every issue to match whatever was going on in that issue and i thought and it was, was a different artist for every single issue i did too i thought it was more um you know little every time we were with a new bat buddy that we had a new yeah. artist for it yeah that's wild that it's not and i am very excited it looks like this omnibus and the absolute edition have the versions of these at the end of batman incorporated they couldn't quite keep up with the time for the issues to be coming out. So like every issue had like three fill in pages of art by not Chris Burnham. And they were just like horrible. (laughs) And I remember being in the shop one day and like complaining about it to a guy named Chris who worked there at the time and me being like, I hope one day they like have Chris Burnham go through and finish those pages. And, And Chris was like, I don't think they will. And I was like, I really like they should, and then as soon as they did the Absolute Edition, they had him go back and actually finish those pages. So oh, it's wow. all actually Chris Burnham, which That's I think wild. why they wouldn't have because like they had paid somebody to do it. And, you know, but man, you guys are going to get such a better experience than I am with my shitty old issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those shitty old. Oh, man. Yeah, it's true. You're going to be reading the shitty old issues. I can't yeah. wait to see your image every time you'll have to give us an update because I haven't looked at those images. I have a, I have a story around this time. Uh, I had, like I was collecting comics for several years, a couple years at this point, I had gotten like four long boxes of comics and I took all of the ones that I wanted to keep that were super important. Like all of the Batman incorporated issues, all the Morrison issues. I put those in a long box, most of my Batman stuff, my other favorite comics. I had two long boxes of just runs that I had read, but didn't want like ex machina, things like that. Mm-hmm. I was going to take them down to half price books in Seattle and sell them. And I had one box of just a bunch of comics. So I was like, these are good, but I should give them away to somebody. I sold the two long boxes of comics. I got back up to Bellingham. Someone broke into my car and stole the two other long boxes, which had all of the comics that I had deemed keeper comics. Oh. After like a couple years of collecting comics, um, which is one of the other reasons that like I don't have a, I don't actively collect issues as much anymore, is because That's from that so time, sad. yeah, it was a real bummer. Um, and then you know, three years later, someone broke into my car and stole my CD collection, which is why I collect records now instead of CDs. Um, You better have a security system at your house, buddy. I know, or at least renter's (laughs) insurance. But yeah, so I was thinking about that as reading this. I was like, I had all of these issues and like collected the covers I wanted. And like, I remember I was in the shower thinking about the five bat books that like spun out of it. And I was like, I had, I remember collecting all of those and keeping them all. And then they all got snaked out from under me. Wow. God. Did did uh, do you think we've bought that collection since? I have no idea. It did get stolen in Bellingham, so yeah. So either back. us or or the other shop probably bought it at some point. 
Yeah. Unless unless maybe it changed somebody's life and they started reading it, they turned everything around. They they it had crime fighters instead. Most of Morrison's Batman run in it. So, <laughs> you know, if anything's gonna hopefully convert somebody into a new comic book fan, it would be that. Or polarize them entirely and make sure they never want to go. This is, this is Imagine if Django stole a box of comics <laughs> to be like, Oh, maybe I'll get into comics and read these and he was like, This fucking sucks. <laughs> it's a three page metaphor. Um all right, everybody. Well, Thanks uh, again for being a part of this thing. Uh, I'm going to make a post since season three has started on Reddit at some point here on maybe the Batman subreddit. I know we found a, f- a fair number of our listeners from a post in the Grant Morrison subreddit I did. So we'll do a Batman post hopefully soon. And maybe everybody could try and like that post so that we can get some new listeners or something. Uh, Reddit is a scary, scary environment for a timid boy like me. And, and we have a new schedule? Yes. Great point. I think that right now, because we've got Justin's got about two months of class left uh, and the world is moving fast and hard. And we've only got, you know, these two Batman incorporated volumes. I think we're going to do two episodes a week. And I think we're going to try and do Monday and Thursday. So that way you got about three or four days between each episode of this. So nobody will hopefully be starved for it. And if you are finding yourself starved and you like Batman in quarantine on Mondays as well, the perfectly acceptable podcast comes up. And you can be a part of that. That is a fun podcast we've been doing for 200 episodes now. So listen to that if you don't listen to Batman in Quarantine. And thirdly, if you're listening to this book podcast and you like being on the Facebook group, our comic shop does a a bi-weekly book club. And it is awesome. And it is a bunch of people that have become friends and we get new people in there, strangers. If you're listening to this and you like discussing books, hit us up. Find the Comics Place uh, Facebook group. Uh, Facebook page. We would love to get comics to people and get you in on a Zoom call with us. And then maybe one day at the end of this whole Batman and quarantine thing, we can get as many people in on a Zoom call that are listeners that contribute to the Facebook group and just like get the actual chat with people since that's an easier direct communication line for me than Facebook itself. But it would be cool to hear some insight from everybody. But anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you, Roman and Django. It's my pleasure. It felt it only felt right. It only felt ripe. <laughs> Ripe. Only felt ripe. Like whale Yemen. Ew, God. (laughs) Ew, God. Okay, well, that's the kind of stuff you can look forward to hearing on the Perfectly Acceptable podcast. Um, (laughs) All right, everybody. On behalf of Roman and Django, I'm Jeff. Batman Quarantine 54. We'll see you on Thursday for 55 and Batman Incorporated number one.